0: A heavy blow to the skull. This is not a chest. <laughs> what year is it? How long have we slumbered?
1: Are oh. we really doing this? We would be doing it that way. I fucking I want to do something, we, man. For God's sake. We, 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 I mean, yeah, I want to do something too. I want to record, but I've been too depressed to function for like <laughs> two months.
0: <laughs> and in my fairness, I've been sleeping the entire time. No, you haven't. That's why we haven't been able to record. No, I've been sleeping and not sleeping. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a very dangerous mixture of both.
1: Yeah. I, we apologize for, you know, the, the two months delay, tremendous gap. Um, I know you all I've hang on going, our words on this podcast. I've been going through uh, some serious issues, including becoming severely worried that myself and my best friend, and you know everyone who lived in my house, had COVID, which was really panic-inducing. Thankfully, we got the all clear. Um, and then I ha- and then after we got the all clear, I had a breakdown. <laughs> Because it was still way to the world, everything on top of me, and I, I, just, I just sat down and cried. And it's, it's nice to be able to try and get back to normalcy. Um, I actually took a break from DMing, which anybody who in person knows me would look at me like I had died for a minute there because d d is one of my greatest addictions in the world. Uh, and thankfully the rest of the gang, uh, stepped up and really helped me out. So first off, thank you to, uh, you guys. And thank you to all the listeners out there who put up with not hearing our, uh, dulcet tones for two months.
0: Eh, it's fine. Me, Birdie and Nico filled a lot of air. Okay, good. Yeah. We watched all three blade movies, did a retrospective on the mask mini series and are going to be doing commentary track for nightmare on Elm street three soon. Cool. So, <sighs> you know,
1: we have content. Good. Just shows how little I'm needed. Ah, come on.
0: Without you, who would eat up the first 15 minutes of each show? Eh, fair. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, you know how hard I've been fucking trying to find a third goddamn chair for this thing and just not been able to. Like, fuck, man. It is is next to impossible to find podcasters. You'd think. It'd be pretty easy, but no, apparently everyone's already started their own. That sucks. Fuck, I mean, Nico left, and the first thing he did was start a podcasting network.
1: Fuck. I've told you about that, right? Yeah, you told me about that.
0: Yeah. It's still fun to razz about that. But anyway, that's that. And this is the DestoPros.com Movies and Television Podcast
1: which recently, well, not that recently, but incorporated anime and uh like japanime movies into its uh, roster. So, yes,
0: yeah, this will be the first episode that we've recorded since I made the executive decision to essentially just excise anime from its own separate category and then kind of meld it into comics and movies and TV. Largely for the reason of we weren't doing enough anime shit. Like Cora, God bless that man. <laughs> for fucking hold it goddamn down on the written side of things. Just any time a new season rolls around, he is out there fucking pumping out shit. Pumping out fucking reviews. Putting words to digital paper and just going, and I... I sincerely appreciate that. But, yeah, just with with anime being... With anime being so tied to everything else we do on the site, it just felt needlessly, needlessly exclusionary to have, not exclusionary, but like needlessly, I don't know, elitist? Because like anime oh. is, like anime is TV and movies, and then manga is comic books. Like, yes, the culture is different,
1: but there's still those mediums. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the arguments behind no longer separating them. Yeah. And also... And and I'm just going to say this. Any anime snob out there who's getting angry, you're the reason why anime isn't more widely accepted in the American culture. Because you want to feel like you're better than everyone else just because you watch cartoons from a foreign country. You're the problem. Get over yourself.
0: Yes, but keep banging on that
1: subs-not-dubs drum.
0: I'll bang on that drum until I fucking die.
1: And I will disagree with you until I fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) I think a well-done dub is just fine. (laughs) I think a poorly done dub has its purpose, in that I can listen to the anime while I'm working on something instead of having to read the entire thing and not being able to really do much else. Uh,
0: I'm a manga guy mostly, so I don't have problems reading. But anyway, speaking of reading stuff, Re Zero came back. Re Zero, for those who don't know, was an anime That's that came me. out. Yeah, was an anime that came out in 2016. That kind of fucking took over for a bit. Like I would talk about it almost weekly. Uh, the episodes were really good. It is a so there's a, there's a popular trend that happened in anime over the last couple of years called isekai which literally translates to another world and what it is is stories I love
1: isekai of, stories
0: yeah it, what it is it is a story about usually some fucking nerd ass bitch who Hi. who gets hit by truck who gets who gets run over by a fucking who gets run over by a fucking 18 wheeler and then wakes up in a fantasy world that has some kind of mechanical similarity to a video game they've played. Or just or games. Or a novel, or... Yeah, or novels, like anything that. like that. Just some kind of... Essentially, they get transported into a fictional world that they are familiar with, even if not literally, most of the time literally. Really? And more often than not, these characters come over, these characters come in, they have no personality, no real drive, have all the power, and everything... Every woman wants their dick.
1: Oh, God. What's the name of that one?
0: Kirito from Sword Art Online.
1: (laughs) Okay. You've you've opened it up. Fuck Sword Art Online. (laughs) It's really bad. No, that's not what angers me. (laughs) Okay. So, when I was younger, I had no friends. Yeah, facts. I, I got past this by playing a lot of MMOs, where I could be that badass guy. I got... Ten minutes into the first episode before rage turning the TV off <laughs> because they said that the high le- that the more skilled and higher level players were going to take all the EXP in an area like it was a limited commodity, as in they were over hunting a te- piece of territory. And I literally lost my mind because this has to be the worst built MMO ever. Not only is there no, like, healer subclass class kind of situation. I get it. You want everything to be sword focused. So have a sword and shield hero whose job is to be the paladin. <laughs> You've got magic. <laughs> why are th- Why is it only, I swing my sword, Batar
0: fuck that because he's because it's wee
1: fucking garbage
0: did you not see that his avatar was a faceless cloaked figure floating in the sky of course that motherfucker doesn't believe in healers
1: I fucking I fucking hate like as a game Sword out online is fucking garbage <laughs> yeah Just as a game it is fucking garbage and it sickens me that they made games based on it you know what I mean yeah, it's like, I've, never, I've never even thought of playing one of them. I've looked at it and been like, how could they have made this playable? And then, like, on the other side of that, a show that got far less attention over here that should have gotten way fucking more, Log Horizon. One of my favorite anime. absolute wonder- Absolutely wonderful. Well, okay then. But it got buried under fucking that pile of
0: trash. Yeah. I hate that show so much. I'm a big ReZero guy, so let's get back to that. Yeah. So ReZero is... I spent a lot of time actually looking into this just just over the course of waiting for the show to come back because I've been waiting four years. (laughs) This is season two, by the way. This is ReZero season two, premiering four years after the end of the first season. Yeah, so I've been looking at a lot of this uh, about uh, what, what counts as a deconstruction. Because this thing is very much a takedown of the isekai protagonist. Because our main guy, uh, his name is Natsuki Subaru. He is a shut-in asshole, spends all the time playing video games, ends up in this other world, and finds out he has this ability called that he calls return by death. Where whenever he dies, he essentially goes back to a save point. It's like the world like has the world like has like auto checkpoints, and then every time he reaches one of those, which there's no indication when he does, when he dies, he goes back to that point. Interesting. Yeah, typically the point is typically the point is the last point where he is able to change something, and when he ends up in this world, he meets a girl like half elf, white hair, very, very much. Designed Water for a body pillow, material. yeah. Designed for a yep. body pillow. She introduces herself as Satella or Satala. I'm not sure, not sure which one to pronounce it. Uh, but yeah. So he ends up rolling around with her for a day. Everything's cool, and then they both get horribly murdered. <laughs> okay. But then, he, but then he wakes up at the beginning, at the beginning of the day uh, when he the day that he met her, and immediately runs over to her, starts screaming her name, and then she gets vastly offended says that's not my name because it turns out in the past time when she used a false name of basically the devil in this world which was a half elven woman called the called the gel switch oh which seems to be somehow tied to his power he cannot tell you when he has his
1: power because if he does he has a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> i like that i yeah, pre- like- i like i that is really i applaud that yeah whenever, he, yeah,
0: whenever he attempts to tell someone about the power, uh, like, these, like, dark magic hands that made it a shadow kind of, like, begin to come up through his soul and grab onto his heart. And if he actually does somehow manage to tell them, then that person is doomed to die.
1: Oh, god dang it.
0: So... So it's this like really neat thing where like he where, like he develops as a character, but not actually within the world. He develops as a character for us and for no one else.
1: Huh. For everyone in so that world. He, he comes off as like the perfect guy then.
0: For and then- a good chunk of it, yeah. He he like knows the right thing to do. He's able to like get into these situations where he, like he is able to throw himself at the will of the world and have like no real It, it looks like he is throwing himself at like death door and then coming out unscathed as hero of the day. But he really just knows where to fucking step to not get killed.
1: I've lived through this day 16 times. I know that it's beat, beat, counterbeat in order to survive this battle.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for like the first half of the series, for the first half of the first season, that worked. But then political shit started happening.
1: Oh fucking great
0: Because the elf girl Whose real name is Amelia Is also one of the candidates To become the next president Of the country Oh
1: fucking lovely
0: So then And so Not so Subaru He has Injured himself To the point that His life was in danger And was told by Amelia To just like Hey hang out Be cool Rest He decided Yo fuck that I'ma go help Ran into the middle of parliament Started screaming I am as good as your soldiers Come at me bro
1: what?
0: So then he got so then he got beaten to near death by one of the uh, by one of the knights because of course he fucking did. Uh and he started and he essentially just like and he essentially had like a masculine breakdown in front of Amelia just saying like, "Hey, you can't survive without me. You need me." And she's like, "Hey, we should not see each other for a while."
1: Yeah. He went cuckoo banana pants. Yeah. What does he expect the response to be?
0: Yeah. But then he kept that. He still kept trying to interfere and just kept making things worse because he didn't understand political machinations and like like people having like, you know, strategies and whatever and like being able to. He keeps he keeps giving away information about Amelia's camp to the enemy.
2: I think he, think he gives
0: like vital information to each enemy camp about Amelia. All the, oh while, all the while all thinking he's doing the right thing because, hey, I'm here to help. I have this power. I can do this. So then he'll die. So, like, something will happen. He'll die. Come back. Okay. Don't trust them. Go over to these people. Oh, they fucked me over too. God damn it. Why am I so bad at this?
2: <sighs>
0: and that's oh, kind of the best part, man. That's kind, of, that's kind of the best part. Like, it is for, like, the first half of the series, it was hey, this works like a video game. I can just fucking save scum my way to victory. <laughs>
2: That's what he's doing. And then... And that's exactly what he's doing.
0: And because it works like a video game, it helped, like, fucking... It helped, like, you know, hammer in and lock in this mindset of the isekai protagonist of, because I have this power, I am godlike. But then he started... But they started interacting with, you know, smart people. And I was like, oh,
1: fuck, I'm an idiot.
2: Oh, that is lovely.
1: Yeah, and so... Uh, See, I wouldn't do well in an isekai... Because, like, I'm overweight and lazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, depending on Isekai. To do well while in, isekai, isekai, in, mm-hmm. to do while in most Isekai, you need to be, like, fit.
0: Well, so here's the thing. In the majority of, in, like, half of Isekai, you technically reincarnate, so you end up in a new body.
1: Yeah, but my problem is, like, if it's a if it's a character that I designed, then they're either going to be brick shit houses, which means... Oh, it <laughs> will not be, be a
0: character you design. Well, no, if, no, no when one, you're going... Yeah, In video we, games, yes. In Isekai yeah. stories, no one designs their own character.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. They
0: they just end up there and God's like, hey, here's a body, peace. Usually that body is that of a baby.
1: See, I'm thinking about Log Horizon where they all designed their characters because they were playing the MMO. Yeah, like,
0: it's weird. Isekai can kind of be both in, both like, trapped in MMO and... Going to another world, but like they are, they do have some pretty different, there's some, there's some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Nuance. In between these two. But yeah, and so the first season ends with, uh, Subaru kind of, kind of getting over himself. Like he, like, he grew as a person. He, he he, started out as like, yes, I am a knight. Fuck all of you. Fuck all of you other knights. I am like you. Ah, fuck you. And then getting the shit beat out by a knight. And then later, apologizing to that knight, realizing his own mistake. And then while still being resentful toward that guy, understanding where they were coming from and working together with him. What? Character, like,
1: character development? I know, especially in this guy's story.
0: Yeah. That's unheard of. But well, yeah, eventually, I'm, gonna,
1: I'm probably going to check out RE0 then. But yeah, eventually this
0: interesting. But yeah, season, the season one ends with like this, like spoilers, I guess, but you know, whatever. This, this is four years old. Hey, the second season just came out. Yes. And the second season picks up directly <laughs> at the end of the season, of season one. Like literally the, the beginning, the opening shot of season two is them leaving the end battlefield of season one. But yeah, so Subaru, uh, he ends up having to rally troops in order to fight a massive magical beast that can wipe people from reality. Lovely. Yeah, which also appears to be linked to the witches' Cult, a religious fanatical organization that worships the Jell's Witch. And thus has a very, very strong interest in Amelia because she looks exactly like the witch. As you do. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, this whole thing just leads to this like massive fucking, this massive fight where like Subaru, uh, actually has to, like outs, actually like outsmarts, uh, like out, outsmarts this uh, guy. His name is Beetlejuice. He's not that Beetlejuice.
1: Oh no, I'm just I'm thinking about like how would I like punish my players for trying to use that respawn mechanic. <laughs> Because you gotta pun- you gotta punish the player for save scumming. Oh no! If you yeah, don't, like, then they're just gonna do it.
0: His punishment is he has to die over and over again. Cannot tell anyone about it, and also resets all of the development he made with every single character.
1: Yeah, that's not much of a punishment.
0: It is for real people.
1: Yeah, but I'm t- I said players. <laughs> again, I said players. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm referring to you and the rest of them.
0: Oh no, random random item disappears from your inventory, including like rare magic shit. One uh, of your family members dies.
1: No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not I'm not a lazy DM who has to target family. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you knew
0: damn well that when you told me your wife's name she was dead.
1: Yeah, I'm afraid, actually, because you know, I told uh, I told James my character's uh, girlfriend's name, and I was like, "Oh shit! Wait." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes,
0: yeah, so a big battle Lands Everyone said, "Woohoo! Day is done!" And uh, Subaru, because of him, you know, growing a bit and actually giving time to Amelia, or whatever. Uh, the two of them are on better terms now.
1: Yay! They're talking.
0: Yes, and then at the start of season two, uh, a different part of Subaru's harem because he kind of has one of those.
1: Oh fucking Christ!
0: It makes a bit. It's a bit more justified, I guess, in this, but it's still kind of. Meh. It's it well. Can you call a two? Can you tell? Can you call a guy with two love interests a harem? No, no, that is
1: a love triangle.
0: Okay, well, Subaru's second waifu. Uh, she gets attacked and basically killed by two other like high ranking members of this witch's cult essentially guys like on the same power level as the guy he had to fucking like die four times to kill and his save point is at is his save point is saved at a time where he could not get to get to her to save her.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: Yeah. So he is. Yeah. So he now is like uh, kind of like coming off his character development of like, you know, learning what a shit he was. Now, one of the people that he loves is like fucking dead and his power can't do anything to save her. So he is now in. So he for like the majority of this episode, he was like for the majority of the first episode, at least he was kind of in breakdown mode. But then, with the help of like you know everyone around him, because of because you know the power of friendship is anime. You kind of started power getting back of on the horse.
1: Anime friendship.
0: Yeah, he got back on the horse, and now it's going to be uh, him versus the witches' cult and the other archbishops of sin.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Are you sure this isn't a video game?
0: It's it. it uh, you, you know it's Isekai, right?
1: Yeah, it's just uh, the name. Yeah, Such a the, lame name. Yeah, the name's real
0: fucking bad. But the abilities are neat. Yeah. Yeah, Beetlejuice, who was the Archbishop, I believe, Greed or Sloth or something, he could create an unlimited number of invisible Shadow Hands. Cool. That only Subaru could see.
1: Think <laughs> of his own. You know, beard. man, that, that respawn power would be really hard to do. I guess you could just play a divination wizard. <laughs>
0: You've been thinking about that this entire time, haven't you?
1: No, I literally just started thinking about it. I was like, how would I build... You, you die, and then you respawn before you died so that you can like be smarter about it. Oh, no, it's
0: not respawn... B- oh, oh, yeah, so you do respawn to a point before you died, but you still die.
1: Yeah, yeah. You still die. <laughs> you have to die first, but... So I, I I guess you can just play a divination wizard. Yeah.
0: But yeah, ReZero is real fucking neat. It was, was kind of like the standout anime of that season four years ago. I really enjoyed it. It had some like really fucking harrowing moments and some really great moments. that's like still stick with me. And I'm looking forward to seeing this shit develop. Like I like the world. I like this whole, I like the witch's cult more than I thought I would. Just like having this, like having this like force out there, having an antagonistic force actually surprisingly enough, having an antagonistic force helps, helps move a story along. What? Some anime need to
1: understand that. That's impossible. Though you don't need an antagonist. You don't need one, but it it can help.
0: And like, you don't even need the antagonistic force doesn't even need to be like, hey, I'm here to murder you. It could be like, hey, I'm here to to get in the way of the thing you're trying to do.
1: Hey, I'm more attractive than you and trying to sleep with all your waifus.
0: (laughs) No, you can't. I love all of them equally except one more than the others.
1: In all honesty, I actually did that to a party in d d once. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. Uh, so one of them was like, I want to play the horny bard. And I was like... Oh, good. You're the guy who's always the leader. Why are you doing this to me? And it was like, eh, whatever. I'm going to sleep with a bunch of shit. And after putting up with it for like two weeks, I was like, wait, I can do something with this. So I put a, I put a character in who I literally just named Lothario. Who just would get to places slightly ahead of them and seduce all of the women and satisfy them. <laughs> so he'd show up and be like, well, hello, ladies. And they'd be like, "Ah, oh, we're good. Like, you'll fuck off, nerd.
2: <laughs>
1: we got a better man than you. So it became his life quest to kill Lothario. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to drag him into a regular D&D game. Very nice. And then he died by trying to sleep with a dragon. What the fuck? I, I don't get it. Like, what? He wanted to play a meme character and chose the worst one. No, I, I get in my opinion.
0: I get what he was doing. I don't get the meme. Like, when did it become a thing of like,
1: like, was it just Shrek? I don't know. Probably. Did Shrek make the meme or was Shrek referencing the meme? I don't know. I don't think it was referencing the meme. I think it's the origination point of the meme. This is a real chicken egg
0: situation. Which is, I I have found myself falling down a rabbit hole of D&D TikTok collaborations on you of d and TikTok compilations on YouTube. For the most part they're fine. D&D seems to have a thriving community on TikTok which fucking noise. There's there's a lady on there who actually puts up like two minute videos of her just munchkin building fit thi- and things.
1: Oh, I love Munchkin building. It's so much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, but but then you get to the fucking like the bard thing, and literally every joke is I'm going to fuck a dragon.
1: Yeah, no, that's, it's that's not every joke. It's not fun. It's not funny. It kind of makes the rest of the table awkward.
0: Hell, like there's there's a person on that there who does like these uh things called like roasting D and D classes. Mm-hmm. Where where it's like a minute of them just like kind of like just just ripping on D and D classes uh, like 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 it just, it's it, they're really well done like they're all like relatively funny jokes they all manage to land and can be tra- like can, like they they'll, they'll scan as jokes but they had to make a video statement saying like hey when I do bard I will not be making horny jokes those are lazy
1: yeah it's lazy and it's boring but. It's it elicits a laugh out of your average person, so that's all that matters. If you can appeal to the average person, then you're winning.
0: Yep, you just got to you just got to appeal to the Midwest and China. Uh, that's what movies taught me. Uh, Speaking of movies, it's, <laughs> Looney Tunes back in action is a nightmare.
1: Which one was that? Is that one—that one was uh, the old Brendan Fraser guy. Yeah, that was, yeah. That, was that, that was a that was a fun weird adventure. That movie canonically makes Tweety Bird black. Yep. Came over on a slave ship. Yep, I, I told you about it. Yep, and you sent me he sent me the uh, it, like a, a short video clip, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're right."
0: Yeah, but just for everyone out there doesn't believe me. So there's a point in that movie where their main, where our characters go to Africa, because they're going. The entire plot of the movie is Steve Martin, the head of the Acme Corporation, is after the blue diamond. Is after the blue. Uh, is after the blue monkey diamond, a mystical gem that can turn people into monkeys. His plan <laughs> is monkey. Yeah, his plan is to attach the blue monkey to a satellite. To fire it down to the Earth to turn everyone on planet Earth into monkeys, who will then be used as slave labor in Acme Corporation factories to make Acme products.
1: Who will then then sell to the monkeys?
0: No, the people that will then be turned back into people to then buy the products they made as monkeys.
1: I remember that now.
0: Yeah. So it's so it is so it is up to uh, DJ, uh, the son of a. The failing stunt act. The failing stuntman's son of legendary, uh, of legendary spy actor Timothy Dalton.
1: And twist, double twist. He was actually a spy. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. It's up to him to save the day and get the blue monkey. He is doing this while Daffy Duck is traveling with him after being fired. Meanwhile, Daffy
1: Duck can't take a hint.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, they're you were being
1: fired. That means you're not in this picture, Daffy.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, they are being chased down by a Warner Brothers executive who's traveling with Bugs Bunny in order to try to get Daffy back because Bugs won't work on the movie unless Daffy's in it.
1: Because Bugs is too good a friend for Daffy.
0: But still a piece of shit to him. Like, he's... He's kind of a best friend in that he is, like, equal parts like, hey, I need my buddy in this, but also, yo, fuck my buddy.
1: Dead. I have to ask. Yes? If it were you and James, (laughs) would you do the same thing? I mean, probably. See, he's a good friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, I get why you fired him. I would have done it too, but he's James, (laughs) so bring him back.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) So bring him back so I can hit him in the face with a shovel. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. I know how to make fucking money. (laughs) We're going to make it big in America. (laughs) (laughs) Are we coming from Slovakia? (laughs) It's a reference to um, back Mongolian chop squad. (laughs) (coughs) Oh. Oh, fuck.
0: Anyways, yeah, they get to Africa, and then they run into Granny Sylvester and Tweety Bird, and then Tweety sees a bunch of other Tweety Birds who all, like, whistle, I taught, I taught, putty tat, and then beat the shit out of fucking Sylvester, and then Tweety's like, oh, I finally found my woots, and then, and then as they're attacking Sylvester, he just, he is all of a sudden in, like, the African, like, you know, hat and poncho combo, and he's out there going, quiet, we we'll
1: Yeah, that's not uncomfortable in this era. Totally not. Wasn't uncomfortable in that era. No, no. What kind of rational human being would be uncomfortable?
0: Yeah, there's also, you know, the... I don't know what this is classified as, but there's a point where Bugs does this whole dress up as a woman thing. To which the executive goes, yeah, back in the day, funny. Today, creepy.
1: You know... No, it's still funny. (laughs) Like Uh, you're 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 just uncomfortable with your sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Just gonna call it how I say it. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, and then that that movie
0: was directed by Joe Dante.
1: I think my favorite part about listening to you talk about bad movies is when you find out that someone you like is involved. You're like, like a bunch of people I like are involved in this. Like, I
0: I really like Brendan Fraser.
1: I love Brendan Fraser.
0: I have not heard anything bad about him, so I still love Steve Martin. (laughs) Fuck, Ron Perlman's in this as a bit part. Like for whatever like for whatever reason, like the Acme uh, like Board of Directors room the director's just kind of like there doing all his regular stuff and then every other executive around him has like buzzers in order to like slam in to be able to talk first. Like a game show, like it's fucking, like a Stanley feud or something.
1: I like that. I think that's a good idea.
0: And and then yeah, just one of them
1: is Ron Perlman. Man, it has been a long time since I've seen this movie. Yeah, and also Goldberg is in it. Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, Goldberg. You know the universe. You know the guy who's Universal Champion who fucking killed, who, Why did he have why? They took the belt off of the fiend, one of the most creative fucking characters they had going. It was building what was a star, and then fed him to fucking part timer Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Fuck's sake. God damn it. Don't put the belt on part-timers. Don't put any belt on a part-timer. <laughs> They're part-timers. Keep the belt around on someone. Drew McIntyre is doing really good. He just had like this really neat match against Dolph Ziggler. Where it was an Extreme Rules match for Dolph Ziggler only, and and Drew McIntyre had no champion's advantage, so so Drew McIntyre had to wrestle like a regular match, and then Dolph Ziggler was able to do whatever the fuck he wanted, and Drew still won. It was great. At one point, at one point, Drew kicked out at two, and then Dolph just screamed, "Why won't you die?" I like wrestling.
1: Yeah, wrestling's fun. I've recently started watching like here and there on YouTube. Yeah, it's a good,
0: good place to start. You got NWA Power, you got AEW Dark. Like WWE has started putting up full matches from like their from like their catalog.
1: Also, I recently found out about a character that uh, makes my uh, wrestler ideas a lot less out there. Of course, he is also from, like, the era of wrestling with the Iron Sheik and shit like that. Mm. But it was uh, a character who claimed to be a Yeti who was actually a mummy named Yeti. I don't know who he wrestled with, but it was a televised wrestling thing. Hold the fuck up. What?
0: Okay, so apparently in this movie, Brennan Frazier did the voice of the Tasmanian devil.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah,
2: just... <laughs> what the fuck?
1: <laughs> you have officially broken Dead Man.
0: This movie doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> like, that matters to them. <laughs> Roger Corbin has a cameo appearance in this fucking thing. What the fuck is this? The Warner Brothers are played by two are played by the two actors who did like who are like the fucking like twin scientists in Gremlins 2.
1: Oh yeah. Right? It's so weird. Interesting.
0: Oh yeah. Also, Goldberg turns out was the Tasmanian she devil the entire movie. Yeah. Just that's another thing, you know. Cause why not? Just hurt me more, please.
1: I didn't know you were into that. Okay.
0: Uh, at this point, I, at this point, I feel like I have to be.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, I do this to myself, right? You really do. I mean, I just fucking sit down and go, hey. I could do some work today I could record a video I could write out some notes about my upcoming campaign or I could watch Looney Tunes back in action for fun I could vote
1: on writing up notes for your campaign
0: (laughs) I could sit down and read my 9000th isekai manga oh look this one is the exact same as the others Oh, this one's penis joke. Well, this one's the joke about the guy having a big penis now is way more blatant.
2: <laughs>
0: there's literally a There's literally an easy guy story where the dude wakes up and the first thing he does is check his dick.
1: That'd be the first thing I checked.
0: But then... but, but no, then,
1: First, I'd look down to see if I had tits. And then I'd check the size of my penis.
0: Yeah, but like the, the artist drew the outline of it from his pants.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: So we saw that look down, and then a panel of an elephant screaming the word Magnum. <laughs> and then what he me- kind and of then, stupid uh, shit is this? And then the guy immediately dives for a mirror.
1: What kind of stupid shit?
0: I don't know. There's another one where a dude, tr- where, like a, where like a baby dragon keeps trying to fuck a guy. A baby? Yeah, well, baby dragon. It's like, you know, 50 years old.
1: If it's classified as a baby, that's creepy.
0: Yep. And her parents are like down for it.
1: God fucking damn it! Anime, why you be weird?
0: Uh, because Japan was isolated island nation for a long time. They internalized a lot of their own weird answer. shit.
1: I don't want a real answer, man. Come on. <laughs> anyway, moving on with
0: you. We've to good stuff, including Brendan Fraser. Uh, Doom Patrol is back.
1: Yay!
0: And also, it is not exclusively on DC Universe. Okay. Yeah, it is available on HBO Max. And up here in Canada, it's available on Crave.
1: So I have to steal my mom's HBO Max password?
0: Yes, and so season two has been good. It's good. It's fucking Doom Patrol, motherfuckers. We're back. Just Everything you loved about Doom Patrol. The characters, the interactions, Brendan Fraser screaming fuck at the top of his lungs. That's all back. And now Timothy Dalton is like a regular part of the show because he is no longer being held captive by Alan Tudyk.
1: Is that a serious statement or a joke?
0: That is a serious statement. In season one, Alan Tudyk, the main bad guy who played Mr. Nobody, he held Niles Calder, played by Timothy Dalton, captive, For the entire season. Okay. Yeah, season one.
1: I I was curious if that was like a joke about him being like stuck on another set when he really wanted to be on, you know.
0: No, no. Season one of Doom Patrol was the Doom Patrol coming together to try to find Niles Calder and beat Mr. Nobody. Season two has a lot of fucking threads going on. uh, Including the newest uh, wrinkle in Niles Calder's daughter, Dorothy Spinner. A young girl with the face of a monkey. That's not a joke.
1: Okay. She literally
0: wears prosthesis to to make herself look like a monkey. Okay. It's it's a comic thing. Who has the ability to um, manifest physical. Who has the ability to summon physical manifestations of her imaginary friends.
1: Okay.
0: These imaginary friends include a. 1950 style housewife with an empty face with two light bulbs in it. Uh, a An abominable snowman that's a cross between a bear, a gorilla, a wolf, and a antelope. Or I guess an elk. Because, you know, northern. Um, a giant spider who tells knock-knock jokes. Sure. And a demon made out of candle wax who will murder anything she tells it to. So, so that's Niles' daughter. She was being she was being uh, kept uh she was being like held in Danny the Street, in, like a little like hidden like a little hidden room. Uh, but with Danny the Street being turned into a brick, there's no longer an option. So, so now Dorothy is living at Doom Manor. Niles also <laughs> learned that. Yeah, Niles also learns that he's dying because because like we learned like last season that uh, every single thing that happened to the members of the Doom Patrol were set up by Niles he he specifically did it because he was trying to find the secret to immortality so that he could keep keep himself alive and look after his daughter none of it worked because we've met the Doom Patrol And yeah, so this season is kind of the fallout of them learning that, and then the fallout of a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Jane is take Jane had been taking drugs to suppress her other personalities and keep them like sedated in the underground. And then once those drugs ran out, the underground decided they are they were sick of Jane's shit, so they tried to remove her as primary.
1: I mean, that's what you do.
0: Yeah. And then the most recent episode, uh, Miranda, a former primary who had thrown herself into the well, which was essentially uh, personality suicide, came back uh, like Jesus. So that can only lead to good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff had a bit of a breakdown and went to go see his daughter, who did not know he was still alive. Uh, Larry... Got a vision of his son committing suicide. In order, and it was just in time to have him reconnect with his other son who was still alive. But then that went horribly wrong because his other son called the Bureau of Normalcy, and then that led to a whole fucking nightmare. Rita began acting in a, in a local production of of Our Town, which had been rewritten to show to show people's uh, reaction to the first episode of Doom Patrol.
1: Is the whole thing on HBO Max? Uh, yeah, should be. Yep, stealing my mom's password. Yeah, Doom Patrol is... Oh yeah, and also Cyborg fucks. <laughs>
0: yeah, mm-hmm. Cyborg gets a girlfriend and...
1: Sold! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually really funny because like the second that uh, Cyborg like reveals to Cliff that, he, that like he slept with someone, it's like, hey, there's been an unspoken bet going on about whether or not you have a dick still. So I just want five bucks.
1: That's <laughs> ah, great. Doom Patrol's great! It's been an unspoken bet on whether or not you still have a dick, so I just want five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, imi- I'm a five-year-old. That shouldn't surprise anybody.
0: <laughs> and then immediately after that, Cliff uh, goes into like a daydream fantasy of him and... Uh, of him and Vic Cyborg uh, being like buddy 80s TV cops it's part of a TV show called Steel and Stone
1: oh my god
0: because you know Cliff Steele Vic Stone
1: yeah I know
0: singing his own theme song uh, it's great Doom Turtle's amazing I love this fucking show Another show that I'm actually surprisingly really into is Stargirl.
1: Is that it? on HBO Max too?
0: Uh, no, that is on the CW. Oh.
1: Ah. Oh well.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not downloading their streaming app. Last time I did it, crashed my phone. Nice. Way to go, CW. That might of, not have been their fault. It kind might of have quality been quality content wrong I, with I was expecting download.
0: from you. But anyway, yeah so Stargirl. Um... This has been really good. Like, they have been... It was started, it started off a little bit rough. Um, Breck Basinger was a bit... much for me. Just, just because, like, on the one hand, I understand that she is, you know, a rebellious teenager who's, go, who's kind of, like, going to go by, like, the seat of her pants or whatever. But then she tried to turn off power in a hospital and robbed the fucking, like, living memorial of the Justice Society of America. What? Yeah so, her, yeah, so like the whole thing with this series is that uh, is that uh, Courtney, um, Stargirl before she becomes Stargirl, uh, has you know new stepdad Pat Dugan, they move from uh, they move from Los Angeles to Blue Valley, Nebraska. And it turns out the reason they moved there was because Pat, former sidekick of the, uh, the superhero Starman, uh, is tracking down the Injustice Society of America. And the, and the research that he had led him to Blue Valley. Um, Courtney eventually finds the cosmic staff that belonged to Starman and through her own, like, mental gymnastics is convinced that her dad is Starman. Well, was Starman. He died. And so she takes the mantle of Stargirl and begins hunting down the, the ISA in Blue Valley.
1: Um... I can only imagine things going very wrong from early on.
0: Yeah, so the first thing they do is get into a fight with Brainwave, a telepath and telekinetic. And they manage to not die because the cosmic staff kind of uh, zaps his brain with lasers.
1: Lovely. Puts him into a coma. Aw, I was hoping it killed him.
0: Uh, No, the, the murder comes later. Oh. Okay,
1: I was being sarcastic.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. This is a Greg Berlanti show, and Greg Berlanti is super okay with having his heroes just like down to clown with murder. Like, The Flash, Arrow, Legends, they kill a lot of people. That they do. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So they keep fucking like you know knocks. Like puts him into a coma and then and then like Pat kind of shows her hey this was the hall of the Justice Society of America and then kind of goes around to each member's like pedestal where all their equipment was because every member of the Justice Society is dead because 10 years ago they got murdered by the ISA with Pat being the only survivor because he's technically not a part of the JSA he was a sidekick (laughs)
1: puny little sidekick we aren't concerned with your ilk
0: that was kind of the opinion of him for like the first five episodes just like the first five episodes were very much like yo let's shit on pat but then the show started to get the show started to ease up on him a bit which thank god pat duke is played by luke luke wilson and he's the best character in the show But anyway, so, yeah, Courtney kind of decides, like, hey, I'm going to take all this equipment and then make a new JSA. She has no idea what any of it does, how it works, or how dangerous it is, despite Pat telling her how dangerous it was. Because she's smart. Yeah. She's a teenager. She knows what the deal is. But anyway, yeah. So she ends up. uh, She ends up. uh, So far, they currently have a new Wildcat, a new Hourman, and a new Doctor Midnight.
1: Uh, quick aside for those of you who don't know, the JSA is like alternate Earth early version of the Justice League.
0: Yeah, it's like nineteen. It's nineteen forties Justice League.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, like, you probably won't recognize the names of a lot of these heroes. Uh, they are all legitimate heroes, and honestly, some of them some of them have some really badass stories. Yeah. The only one that I have a real problem with is Hourman, just declaring his weakness <laughs> for everyone to know. <coughs> yeah. In his superhero name, I can fight for one hour. All right. So we made this supervillain who can like fight for three. Like that's his power is he can just outlast you.
0: Yeah, no. You it's a- no, it's our man and his villain, 65 minute man,
1: <laughs> the 65 minute man. But no,
0: it's even better because in the show, he activates his power by turning a, uh, by turning an hourglass over that he wears around
1: his neck. Oh, fucking Christ. So he literally wears the timer on his chest. Yeah, I can see why they would change it. Um, The original hour man took drugs. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> People. Probably best not probably
0: best not to show high school students doing drugs.
1: It was a super steroid that lasted for 1 hour and gave him various powers. Yeah. Can't remember the actual powers off the top of my head, but
0: uh, like super strength durability shit like that.
1: I feel like it gave him special vision too. I think you're thinking of Doctor Midnight. Remember. I might be thinking of Doctor Midnight.
0: But yeah, so, uh, so like they have uh, made up they have got a new they got a new them. And they, and the new them is uh, not great because they're all still teenagers. So they are all very, you know, headstrong, impetuous, reckless. And it's, it's like when they, when they first like make, when she, when she first like kind of makes uh when she first gets the new wildcat uh, Yolanda, or is her name. Uh, she's like, hey, you need to break, you need to, like, fucking steal the hospital records so we can, like, so we can try to figure out who might be a part of the ISA. You're like, visitor records. And so, and so, Courtney goes, hey, I'm going to cause a distraction. I'm going to turn off all the power in the hospital. That's the right answer. (laughs) To which both Yolanda and her staff called her an idiot for.
1: I like that. Oh, I like items calling people idiots. I need to include an intelligent item in my game so I can start yelling at you yeah. guys.
0: It didn't it, the staff doesn't talk, but it does have very much have a personality. So like as she's going for the power switch, it is just like yanking her away like, "No, stop. Don't do this." And it's like, "What the fuck are we supposed to do now?" And then it just starts destroying the room they're in, causing a ruckus. But they were in like a supply closet, so it was just basically like they broke a mop and ripped it was toilet paper.
1: Hey, Instead of turning off the power to cause a distraction, let's just smash some non-essential equipment. I wonder which one's the smart option. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, like, the beginning of the series was fine. Like, I enjoyed the. I, I'm kind of a sucker for like a legacy character.
1: Mm, so, this I enti- like legacy characters. So this
0: entire show is built around <laughs> legacy characters.
1: <laughs> I like legacy characters because they have so much to, like, live up to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like
0: especially true for some of them. Uh, like, like Pat has a lot of, you know, guilt and stuff about not being able to help Starman more when he got fucking killed. Uh, to the point where he built a giant robot. Uh, Courtney believes that Starman is her dad, so, you know, there's that. Uh, Yolanda, she... She recently had a bunch of nudes of her spread around by her boyfriend, and so Quick
1: side, she. Don't be that dick.
0: Yeah, and so she saw Wildcat as a chance to reinvent herself, kind of like Ted Grant did. Because like the history with Ted Grant in this is that he was you know a boxer who was like late in his career, everything was going wrong, but then he fucking reinvented himself by just fucking knocking motherfuckers out because he's Ted Grant. So it was like giving her like a new lease on life. Um, the new Hourman is the son of the old Hourman. Oh, uh, so that's so that's 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 literally a legacy. And yeah, then the direct yep. line. Yep. And then the new uh, Doctor Midnight has an AI version of the old Doctor Midnight in the goggles she wears.
1: Cool. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and so uh, so once they actually got like the full team set up, that's when things really started popping off because then they got into a massive fucking fight against Sportsmaster and Tigress.
1: Oh shit! Those are names you don't hear very often. No, it ain't. No, they aren't.
0: And they fucking owned. They wrecked house. It was fucking awesome. If you watch nothing else. Just watch that episode for the fight scene. It is fucking fantastic. It is ex- it is like beautifully choreographed. It's got like this, it's got like a great mixture of like like practical walking around, then also like wire foo. Like I thought, I thought it all worked out really, really well. Um, it showed Sportsmaster and Tigress as like real fucking like nightmares to deal with. Uh, it showed off this skill of Courtney, especially, and kind of the skill of Yolanda because Yolanda was also like a trained fighter before this. Uh, it showed off uh, how it showed off how fucking like headstrong and kind of an idiot the new Our Man is. You know, for him to work on that, and then and then the new Doctor Midnight can't fight at all. Lovely. Her contribution to the fight was: Oh, you're about to shoot. You're about to shoot Wildcat. Let me spray you with a fire extinguisher and run away. Yeah, yeet. Yeah, basically. And then like, and then uh, they, and then the fight, fight, interesting fights continued like that. Uh, uh, Courtney fought the daughter of Dragon King, and that was like a really well done fight where, like, it was like there was like a lot of like really interesting choreography and that going on. And there's a point in like, so they're fighting, and they're fighting in the high school. And there's a like big dance coming up, and one of the big features of the dance is a like is like a massive record player in the center of the ring, in the center of the, uh, the 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 gym. It doesn't move or anything, but they get on that record player and start fighting, and then the camera begins like a trucking shot going around the fucking uh, platter like the platter was spinning.
1: That's a cool. Uh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: And then they got into another really really and then they got into another really big like group fight just like this last episode where it was uh Yolanda, uh Wildcat, uh, Stargirl and then the son of Brainwave. New telepath. Even I
1: don't recognize some of these names. <laughs> yes, New Telepath. And I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> yes,
0: New Telepath and New Telekinetic Henry uh Henry something junior uh going down there to rescue his dad. They get into a big fight against like fucking against like th- five dozen of uh, like these like hooded like, weird zombie people. And it's all really fucking well done. It is, it is an incredibly, it is an incredibly, like, fun and well-put-together action sequence. And I goddamn loved it. And it had a very, it had, like, a very crushing ending that worked for the character. It had, it, it had built up, it had built up, like, Henry over the course of the season, kind of showing him, being, beginning to develop his powers, showing him, In the immediate aftermath of what he did to Yolanda, which kind of was his fault, kind of was his girlfriend, kind of was his new girlfriend's fault. Because I'm pretty sure he was showing the picture to his buddies, and then his girlfriend took his phone and spread it to everyone.
1: Uh, not cool.
0: Yeah. She's a bitch. Yeah. She also got her face blasted off with a fireball, then regrew it.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: (laughs) Yep. She's the daughter of the Dragon King.
1: Ah, there you go.
0: She has, she has like fucking like six inch knife blades in her wrists.
1: That's always cool. I always love characters who can literally just pull weapons out of their bodies. Yeah. Because it's like, ha, huh, I've disarmed you, shink. I've disarmed you, literally.
0: But yeah. And also, also, just as a thing, um, we are, a, I think, a little around like a little over halfway through the season at this point. Or like, or like, okay, we're near the end of the season. We're near the end of season one. <coughs> and Courtney's mom, and Courtney's Courtney's mom, and so, you know, Pat's wife, she just found out about the superhero stuff. Ooh. They did it in like season that. one. I always liked that. And it was great. She, her, immediate reac- her immediate reaction was, I am very pissed off about this because you've been lying to me, motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. At which, but then, like a couple days later, she's like, "Hey, you still lied to me, but I need to know." Like, like her boss is the main bad guy, icicle.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of getting a thing for her.
1: Fucking delightful.
0: Yeah, and so so once like Courtney like tells her this, uh, she. She goes back into work and then actually begins, like, researching, you know, stuff about Starman and the JSA and trying to figure out, you know, what the deal is with all this shit. And then at a point, and then at a point, Um, Icicle and his parents come in because his parents are part of his evil plan. The entire Icicle family just, like, super ride or die. <laughs> like, literally, on his wife's deathbed, his wife said, if anyone gets in your way, fucking kill them wow <laughs> just wow yeah like she like they they come in start speaking Norwegian to, to each other but luckily Barbara on the sly recorded them and put it through Google Translate <laughs> because oh my gosh. because she knew that because she had because she knew that like her kid was like yo this dude's evil okay let's see what the fuck's up
1: so do you want to be evil
0: And then, and then we actually have like their actual big plan, like the entire plan as to what these guys are, what, what this, what the goal is for the ISA, which is to strap in Brainwave to a machine built by the Dragon King to send out a telepathic message that will cover six states, thus putting them all under the control of the ISA and cutting out the heart of America, thus making a new America, one that will be safe for their children. Hello,
1: Americans.
0: Like I I I like that plan. I really like that plan. I like I like the villains. I like the, I like their motivations. I like that. I like the icicle, even though he is a fucking cold-blooded murderer. This motherfucker will.
1: So you're saying the icicle is cold?
0: Yes. I was gonna make it. I was gonna make a different ice pun. But like this motherfucker will just straight up ice anyone in his way, including just including his friends' kids.
1: Hmm. Well, after that, they'll de- he'll definitely be getting the cold shoulder.
0: Uh don't worry he killed the guy. He killed their dad too.
1: And this is why I can never play an ice-based hero because <laughs> I'll ruin it with horrible horrible puns. But no like
0: even though he is very much just fucking like hardcore murder I'm going to I'm going to kill all of you and then yeah eat your baby. Yeah, he's still like a super family-oriented guy. Like he is, like he gives, like he is a great dad to his kid. He keeps his parents, like he, he his parents live with him. He, he Best had guy. like, he had a loving wife who he was like genuinely remorseful over her death.
1: So we're not dealing with what TV has made pretty much every villain, which is emotionless sociopath.
0: Oh yeah. Like, like Tigress and Sportsmaster, those two are married. Like, they have a a loving relationship and a
1: daughter that they both fawn over. You can be evil and still have a soul. (laughs) Take a note, television. Yeah, like, Dragon
0: King is kind of very much in the... He calls his daughter his greatest experiment.
1: Not every evil person has to have a soul, just some.
0: Yeah. and I mean, he did turn himself into a lizard man, so, you know, you can only have so much of a
1: soul there. No. Lizard brains see you as food. But no, That's it actually is... one thing I really hate about lizard folk in 5th uh, edition hmm. is like yeah it's distinctly distinctly part of their culture that they eat people so whenever I try and run a game and someone wants to play lizard folk I'm like ah, in my world they don't eat people they're actually a civilized society their response is no they eat people
0: Liz- Lizard folk eat people?
1: Yeah Lizard, po- lizard folk are um uh Oh god! What's the word? Lizard folk are uh, don't don't like to waste things. So like the theory has has spawned from that that they wouldn't let even a dead ally go to waste.
0: Oh, okay. So they don't actually eat people. It's just the internet says they do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had utilitarian. Y- That's yeah. what I was looking
0: for. I had a dude in one of my in. I had a dude in my in-person group. Just like straight up, tell me that go- that in Goliath culture there were no spellcasters.
1: That maybe in your village,
0: <laughs> like, like he he reads he reads things on wikis and then thinks they are true for every single D D world.
1: I run a homebrew world. Most of what you assume to be right is wrong.
0: I'm running Forgotten Realms. What you read was wrong because even on the Forgotten Realms wiki. They say in the majority of in the majority of Goliath villages, there are spellcasters.
1: Typically, a druid or shaman. Bring back D and D TV. I want D and D shows. I want to dissect character builds.
0: <laughs> That's the show. Is this a reality show where whoever can come up with the most busted munchkin build moves on to the next round?
1: No, no, I, I, I want to watch a show where we've got, like, five characters, and ostensibly we're told this is a and d show, and I want to try and figure out what their classes are, <laughs> <laughs> and how what feats they're taking as they level, what their stat layouts are, what, what like, what version of their species they are.
0: Okay, green, like okay, green cloak, bone arrow, half elf, I'm going to assume ranger.
1: Uh, he's going to be the weakest member of the party. Like it turns I hope that it, he's got. I hope he's got a smart player to make up for that.
0: Then turns out he's the arcane archer and he's busted.
1: Oh, awesome! I was like, oh fuck. Is he UA arcane archer or standard arcane? Ar- ah, standard. Of course they wouldn't use UA because <laughs> the UA Ar- arcane archer was a little bit more busted than standard arcane archer.
0: Yeah, arcane archer still fucking busted. I-
1: yeah, it is. But
0: and still it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because because you know. Yeah. No, I know. But anyway, last thing to talk about. Uh, Psych, the movie 2. Lassie, come home. So, hey, NBC launched a streaming service called Peacock. Ha,
2: ha, ha,
0: ha. And on that streaming service is a brand new Psych movie. Well, that actually features Timothy Amundsen, because couldn't be in the last one because he had a stroke.
1: Heart goes out to you, brother.
0: Yep, from everything I've seen, he's reco- his recovery is going pretty well. That's good to hear. And actually, we got to see some of his recovery because he actually recorded this movie while in recovery. Oh wow! Yeah, the entirety of Psych- the entirety of Psych the movie too, like the story conceit, is so that Timothy Amundsen can spend the entire movie either in a chair or lying down for recovery. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so in Psych 2, Lassie come home. Uh, Lassie got shot a lot and almost died. He was shot six times and had like a stroke while being t- while being transported to the hospital. And so he is now at uh, the Herschel House, a, a fancy, swanky, like, like you know, recovery home for people. And, and elephants. Sure.
1: You specified four people. It's like,
0: <laughs> well, there could be recovery homes for animals.
1: There are, exactly. but nobody's going to assume that Lassie is going to go to. Well, actually, <laughs> his name is Lassie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for anyone not familiar with Psych, Lassie is a uh, Carlton Lassiter. He's the current chief of the Santa Police Department. He is a recurrent. He's a main character from the TV series played by the great Timothy Amundsen who you haven't seen he again is in Psych he's also in Galavant as the evil King Richard
1: and he's great in both roles He is fantastic he's great as a straight man as as, and as a kind of goofball king
0: so yeah man fuck
1: I need to watch Galavant again
0: (sighs) Galavant's so fucking good I there's a song from Gallivant that I regularly go find on YouTube and watch again, and it's specifically the uh, the uh, the uh, season two uh, recap song before the big battle between all three armies. I feel like feel like no one knows what I'm talking about, but
1: Gallivant wasn't really my uh, cup of tea, so I didn't really watch much of it.
0: Fair. No one really did. <laughs> I mean, it lasted two seasons. Sorry? And well no, it lasted two seasons, and this and the and the first song of season two had a had a lyric in it about how no one thought they'd get a second season. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, Lassie is in the uh in the Herschel house and he begins seeing things. And so Sean and Gus come down from San come down from San Francisco back to Santa Barbara to investigate. Uh, they begin working out of their old office, which has been converted into a cat cafe. As well, Henry, Sean's dad, has hidden his has hidden his uh, collection of mustaches. You know, psych stuff.
1: Yeah, I feel like that would be a very upsetting moment for Sean.
0: Oh yeah. And also, uh, Gus finally gets veto power and nicknames.
1: <gasps> that's awesome for Gus.
0: Yeah, like there's a bit where he, uh, where he like, where, like does like, hey, this is like, hi, I'm Sean Spencer, I'm my partner Lego Maego. At which point, at which point, Gus is like, all right, for now, I'm making the nicknames. Like, no, no, we can't just, get, we can't just stop doing bits like we do for ten years. Your f- fans, fans will get pissed. To which Gus responds, Sean, we're two idiots. We don't have fans. <laughs>
1: And then, uh, then I just run into the scene. No, I love you guys. It's
0: like, bitch, hold
1: up. <laughs> just
0: run with, with a pineapple under my arm. <laughs> Dead? Is that you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, keep the street going. There's a pineapple shows up in this. Yeah. As Sean's going through a closet, just pulls out a bunch of shit. Just like, like, nope. Not mustaches, not mustaches, not mustaches. Oh, a pineapple. What's underneath this hat? Oh, a cat. <laughs> Like the timing is all still there, the chemistry is all still there, the jokes are all still there. Honestly, the biggest problem is the fact that Timothy Amundsen was recovering from a stroke and so couldn't be in that much of the movie. They had they had like they had to re they, they had they had to write around like they wanted Timothy in this movie. I Okay. They wanted Timothy Amundsen in this movie. I cannot just say Timothy. It sounds too formal. We're like it's a, it sounds. not Mr. formal Almondson
1: enough. in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, they wanted Timothy Onson in this movie because they missed him in the first one. But he was recovering from a stroke, so he couldn't. So he couldn't do that much. He you know couldn't walk around all that well. Had like limited time on set. I, I guess I could see like physical therapy or whatever. And so his things are limited. So we don't get a whole lot of what is actually happening from Lassie's side of things. Like, based on the description, this should be like a movie length epi- this should be like a movie length version of the episode here's Lassie. The one where the more Timothy Almondson just go spends the entire movie losing his goddamned mind because his apartment is haunted.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that episode. One of
0: the best episodes of the series.
1: Yeah, that's a good episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewatch Psych once I'm done this. I've been doing that too. I've got I've got I've got Amazon Prime, so.
0: Yeah, I'm currently I'm halfway through season two.
1: I know and you know I'm not telling the truth. I love that theme song. That has become yeah. the coda for so many of my rogues and parts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you bo- you and I both know that I'm not telling the truth, but you gotta believe me. Yeah, one of the things that I
0: find myself surprisingly loving, and I don't know why, is just like one of the nicknames is like, "Hi, I'm," it's like, "Hi, I'm Sean Spencer, psychic detective," and this is my partner, MC. Clap your hands. <laughs> With a Z, <laughs> just for whatever reason, that one sticks to me more than any other one.
1: <laughs> I think like, my that, favorite part is like, that I couldn't help but clap. <laughs> yeah, it's like that in Galileo <laughs> Humpkins. <laughs> oh man, I'm watching psych when once I'm done with this recording. Yeah, it's
0: it sucks. Like the biggest, like the biggest drawback of this movie is, to me at least, the fact that we can't really get too much time with. Lasseter and the things happening around him. We just get, we just get told they're happening. And then like Sean and Gus just kind of have to like vamp for time, which they're both very good at, but just it ends up feeling like not a whole lot happens. Like there's not a whole lot of, there never really feels like the kind of big reveal moment. Like there was in psych, the TV series, like the same kind of thing happened with the first psych movie where that one relied a bit too much on inside baseball for a show that was off the air for two years. Did you see the first Psych
1: movie? I haven't seen either of the Psych movies. Okay, so... Do
0: you remember the final Mr. Yin episode?
1: You'll have to go into more detail than that. Okay, so...
0: Throughout Psych, at least for like like three seasons there, uh, there was the Yin and Yang trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. Where... First it was Mr. Yang, a a, a serial killer who... A serial killer who like no one had ever caught, and then Sean caught them. Then, then the next year, then the next season, there was Mister Yin, where it turns out that turns out that Yang had a partner the entire time, and and this time he had set up a massive fucking uh, like elaborate thing going off that was all built around uh, Albert Albert Hitchcock movies. And then the final bit was when Mister Yin was like fully revealed as. Peter Weller, aka RoboCop, aka Gang's Dad, and in that episode, the final, the final bit, um, a new character was introduced as part of the Yin Yang thing, a essentially a replacement for Yang, just like Yin had gone out and found someone else to be his new apprentice serial killer, and they, 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 they appeared in that one episode, and they were immediately caught.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
0: they were the bad guy in the first movie. Seriously? Yeah, they just showed up and I was like, wait, who's that? And then I had to like look it up. I was like, oh! Oh.
1: Stop attacking my leg, kitten.
0: Like, this one doesn't play like that deep inside baseball. It's just they can't do a whole lot because, you know, one of their main actors was recovering from a stroke. Mm-hmm. But still, like the chemistry is there, the jokes are there, the writing, everything, everything that was worked about Psych was still there. It just wasn't a great mystery, which is a shame. I still enjoyed the movie. It's just I can kind of, kind of notice the problems, and then you know, it really sucks to be the, the, the position the, the, the it really sucks to be kind of in this position.
1: All right. Uh, so for everyone listening, uh, I'm not 100% sure if this is the position dead is describing, but uh, a few years ago I quit being a critic. I just flat out quit for a while because I wasn't allowed to enjoy anything anymore. I was sitting there seeing every little flaw and analyzing the shit out of it. And it literally ruined everything I tried to watch. It sucked so hard. <laughs> so I took a break, then I came back, and that was better. <laughs> My brain is weird. It doesn't work like a sane person's. <laughs> okay. But I imagine that's how you're feeling. Nope. No? Okay. Nope, the
0: problem. The, 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 the thing I'm feeling is like, hey, this is a problem I have with this thing. It's a problem that no one can really work around because it is specifically about recovering from a life threatening medical condition. Mm. It's like, hey, this thing hurt your story, but you literally couldn't do anything about it because the person was recovering from a stroke. Which doesn't change yeah. the fact that it still hurt the story.
1: Yeah, hopefully in Psych the Movie 3, we, uh, you know. Don't have any hiccups that we have to worry about. Yeah, hopefully. In Fucking. 2077, when psych like the movie three comes out.
0: No, I'm talking about in like 2025. Or maybe next year, I don't know.
1: That'd be cool. I've been debating getting on Peacock. I don't. It's free though. It is? Yeah. Like I imagine that you watch with ads for, like, the free service, but yeah, they have a free version.
0: I would check it out, but it's not available in Canada.
1: (laughs) Nothing's available in Canada.
0: (laughs) That's why we have Crave.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Okay, it's the basic version of Peacock is free, but with commercials. There you go. Peacock promises more than seventy five hundred hours worth of movies and TV with Peacock free, but you can access twice as much content with Peacock Premium for four ninety nine a month. So it looks like there is a striated version where there is some free content, and then the, if you want to access all of it, you get to pay money.
1: Yeah, but that f- five bucks a month isn't that bad. Yeah, I still. I'd just, have to look for. I'd have to look and see what they're offering.
0: Yeah, it's a still. Lot. It's still like. Call me old fashioned. But I prefer streaming services that have multiple networks that deliver not multiple networks worth of content on it, and not just a single networks.
1: Oh, I agree with you completely. There's a reason I didn't stick with Disney Plus for very long.
0: <laughs> did you watch Hamilton?
1: No, I did not watch Hamilton. It got put on Disney Plus after we got rid of it. Okay. Otherwise, I would have watched Hamilton. My wife is obsessed with the songs from Hamilton.
0: Okay. Yeah. I. Man, I just. I want. I just want like a Hades Town pro shot. I want to see Hades Town somehow. That's a musical I'm currently obsessed with, which is a, which is a like Great Depression era inspired like retelling of or-, or Orpheus and Eurydice.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Instead of her going to hell, she goes to the fucking like work camp of Hades Town. It's all it's neat. I listened to some of the soundtrack. I listened to some of the soundtrack, and I've been liking it. Cool. It's also kind of hilarious that uh it released to me uh, that like like a Tony season came and like and like Hades Town like swept in almost every category except for Best Actor in a Musical because the lead actor Reeve Carney wasn't nominated. Huh. Yeah, like 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 back up, like lead lead like lead a woman in that thing um Eva Noblezada I believe is how you pronounce the name. She won in her category. Then, like a bunch of other people won, like it won like best musical. I think it won in like, a couple other categories too. But then, just Reeve was not nominated for anything. I was like, "Oh, buddy,
1: you did, you did your best. You tried. That's what matters." Yeah,
0: and like you're not a bad singer, man. I'm listening to the soundtrack. It's good. You're good on it. I much prefer your version of Epic Three. You know that I feel I think that's actually a controversial opinion because there were two recordings done of this show, one with the original cast and one with the new cast, and people seem to like the old version of Epic Three better.
1: Well, if you want to punch dead, first you've got to get through me. So you have to you have to fly down to my portion of the globe, and then get in a fight with me and hopefully win. And if you win, then you can go on and try and fight dead, uh, but you'd have to find him first. If you'd like to so. fight Cave,
0: be sure to subscribe to the ten dollar tier on Patreon.
1: Uh to uh, ten dollar tier. <laughs> That's at least a twenty dollar tier. Come on, man. That's what
0: oh, the I difference. Have 50. to get out of bed. That's Absol- <laughs> what the difference. Call it fifteen. All right, fine. Yes, yeah, new fifteen dollar tier uh, coming soon to the Patreon. Uh, the only reward is you get the opportunity to fight Cave.
1: You have to come to me and bring bring documentation proving that you you know are on the fifteen dollar tier. Yeah, but because I'm not going to check it online. Yeah, yeah.
0: Once that once that once that gets fucking squared away, get ready to throw bows.
1: And I'm not going to hold back. It'll be bare knuckle brawling in the street. Probably get the cops called on us. So
0: hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll be sitting in my bunker, watching. <laughs>
1: Oh, anyway, that's all I got. All right. So, a while ago, we tried to record. That utterly failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just going to flat out say it. Uh, it utterly failed. Um, and at that time, I wanted to talk about a show that my boy Birdie made me watch. It's available on YouTube. It is an ancient Japanese show about a heroic man from space. That's right. I'm talking about Space Cop. Gavin. Hell yeah, brother. Um, I haven't watched much of this show. But what I've watched has been stupidly funny. Okay. So we've got our main character, Gavin, who <laughs> is like <laughs> He's half like human, half bird alien. <laughs> um
0: So he's Samus.
1: Yeah. Uh, and he comes to Earth to stop like Evil aliens from attacking us and doing evil, evil. Like their motivations are vague, and so are his.
0: Well, he's space um, cop.
1: No, it's space cop. Gavin. Yeah, that's. Look out! It's a space cop, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's partnered with his girlfriend, Parakeet. I don't know her real name. I don't remember her real name. Um, but she turns into a parakeet for literally no reason. She says, "I have a disguise." Turns into parakeet, and then like like most of the time we see her, she is not in her parakeet disguise, and therefore there is no point to it. <laughs> it's like you just wanted to you just wanted to have a bird for some fucking reason.
0: Uh, the director like director got a new pet. He's like, I want to show it off.
1: I guess. I think it's dumb, but whatever. Space Cop Gavin. Um, <laughs> he has a he has this giant mecha, which I if I remember, and it has been an age. But if I remember, it's a dragon and a spaceship.
0: Yes, I am currently watching Space Cop Gavin right now. And there was a bit in the opening title sequence where a action figure of Space Cop Gavin was standing on top of a, it was standing on top of a robotic dragon on the moon.
1: Yeah, this is early Sentai.
0: Yeah, this is early Togasatsu like, shit.
1: This is like way in the beginning <laughs> days. So, like, we, you got to give them some forgivenesses. But if you're willing to put up with it, uh, it's available on YouTube. Space Cop Gavin. Yeah, it's hilarious. I highly recommend it. Um, series
0: ran for 44 episodes from March 1982 to February
1: 1983. It is. It is a fun watch. Um, however, yep. I did not watch m- much of it, so time to move on. Yeah, and also, just, so when we say just when we say just like
0: you know, it's up on YouTube. This isn't a bootleg. It's, no, up, no, no, on, no. it's up on Toei Tokusatsu the World official, official,
1: the official channel for the people. The official like, this Toei is a channel. YouTube channel. Yeah, it's, it's all official. up on there. <laughs> like, it's not going to get copyright claimed. You can go watch it. I promise. <laughs> but moving on to. Uh, Another thing that I watched, fairly little love, but imme- immediately loved more. So I, wa- I was watching the original Ultraman with my boy, Birdie. As you um, do. He wanted me to watch Ultraman. I wanted him to watch Kamen Rider. We met in the middle and both watched a little bit of the other's favorite uh, thing. <laughs> we
0: met we met in the middle and watched Gavin.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did not really like the original Ultraman. I thought it was way too kiddie and way too hokey. And then I saw Ultra Seven. Ultra Seven is way better. It is so much better than Ultraman. I I cannot even begin to like explain. Like like the the characters are taken a lot more seriously. The threats are treated a lot more seriously. It's overall the better Ultraman. I still feel like you should watch Ultra Q, Ultraman, and then Ultra Seven. I'll just read the but, manga. Is there a manga?
0: There was a manga for Ultraman put out like for like 5 years ago, I think.
1: Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it
0: it is a super it, it is a much more serious take and treats this shit with like, you know, the level the of gravitas, gravitas you think it was. Yeah. I have the first I have the first two volumes. It is really good.
1: Cool. I might have to look into it. Um, so that's like like all I can really say about Ultraman Seven is that it's better than Ultraman, because again, it's been an age since I watched it—about two months. <laughs> <sighs> um, and moving on from there, I wanted to talk about uh, three different anime. Yeah, I- and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna label them the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm gonna start with the ugly. So I've been rewatching Bleach. Okay. And it is quite possibly the worst example of filler that I can cite.
0: Yeah, it's fucking terrible.
1: Filler that interrupts main story chunks.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I remember like there was a bit like right in the middle of them in like Menos or whatever, like like in the middle. They of, were like,
1: in Huéco. They were in Huéco Mundo. Yeah. And it decided like we're gonna have a flashback arc to when you guys protected a princess for reasons. Yeah, it, it
0: was it was great, like it was like like Ichigo continued his battle against the fucking whatever. But meanwhile, in the fucking in the fucking series, eh, here is this other captain guy that is only in the T V show. He's a cool
1: guy. Fuck him. But like There was exactly one passable filler arc in all of Bleach. And that was the bount arc. It was passable because it, it was at least interesting to watch everything else felt like the dullest pile of crap that they could just shove in and I'm also including all of the uh, moments that weren't uh, like original to the manga where Don Kyoji kept fucking showing up <laughs> fucking Don Kyoji oh my, <laughs> fucking Don Kyoji <laughs> Oh my I fucking hate Don Kyoji. He's such a boring character and he actively ruins better characters by just being there.
2: <sighs>
1: fucking Don Kyoji. But he's not the he's not the uh most important part of the uh, series, in my opinion. Nope. That goes to Uryu's reappearing disappearing bow powers. Woo! In the anime, he loses and gets his powers back like six fucking times, it feels like. Woo, quizzy! It's ridiculous. I've actually been re-watching the anime because I'm hyped for the new anime that's coming out. I really enjoyed Bleach when it was first airing. I really enjoyed Bleach just in general. Um, So, for me, the fact that, the new, that there's a new anime coming that is going to cover the parts that kind of got skipped... In the original anime, it's it got me hyped. It's I'm and I'm hoping that I, I'm honestly hoping for a complete reboot where they start from the beginning, but I doubt they're going to do that because all of the anime. Yeah, well, you never
0: know. It could be like but, it could be like a like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood situation.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. I really lo- I love Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um. But, yeah, I, I love Bleach. Fucking Christ. Like, first off, if there's... like I have one gigantic problem with Bleach. Oh. <coughs> and that's that I'm not that interested in fan service. I'm just not. Like, if I want to look at porn, I'll look at porn. If I want to look at porn of a specific character, I will type their name into Google, plus either the word porn or hentai, depending on which one I'm preferring in the day. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't care, like, I prefer more realistic anatomy, specifically on two of the characters, Orihime and Big Tit Vice Captain. It's just fucking freakish. It really <laughs> fucking is. Though I do still, like, my favorite, one of my favorite moments from the series is the reveal of Yoroichi. Cat talking with a masculine voice the entire time. Smoking hot, babe. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Who may have been involved in a lesbian relationship with another person. Yeah, who knows? Um fucking shit in my eye. That's um, <laughs> watching Bleach. But moving on to the bad. One Piece. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad anime. I am specifically talking about their execution of the animation in most points and the amount of filler.
0: No, yeah. Uh, the One Piece anime is like any episode, no matter what it is, it's is, going to be 30% filler. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm fine when they do that. I don't like filler arcs. Yeah. Specifically because those characters never matter. Nope, not at all. They like, And it kind of sucks if I get attached to a character and then they never matter again.
0: One of the problems I have with it is like, One Piece has a... One Piece has a bit of the power creep going on with it. Like, like it is a... like. It is a show. It is a series that continually ups the scales of what they're fighting, and eventually is going to get to a point where like it's unsustainable.
1: Well, thankfully, it's the the writer has said that they're getting near the ending of the series. They've so. said
0: they're getting near the end of the series since two thousand ten. But anyway, uh, like like with the anime, especially, they never scale it properly. The same kind of problem with the movies, where like, the, where, like, it will act like it's this like like fucking massive threat, or it, they'll act like it's like, oh no, it's this new biggest threat, and it is nothing, or like the threat is like so, the threat never scales with the actual series. It just kind of, it kind of feels like, hey, here is this bit that could be that could be like slotted anywhere in between like this and this arc. Go nuts. And then there's the most confusing arc of all, which is the Davyback arc. Oh fuck the Davyback fight! Because the Davyback fight arc feels like filler.
1: Like, right? I'm not alone in this. Like, like when I when I no I'm- no, you're right, and I know why Oda put it in when he did, because it's going to be important to some fucking flashback later. <laughs> like that's my other huge issue with the manga and the anime. Fucking flashbacks oh yeah in the most recent gotten to it has gotten to the point where I just skip the flashback because they always reiterate it in the chapter after
0: yeah I (laughs) in the most recent arc of the manga I skipped like 30 chapters because it was all flashback
1: like I, I understand this is an important part of the story that needs to be told then make it interesting
0: which it's really weird because he's been able to do that. We've been able to see him like like we've, we we there have been instances in the in the in the manga and the show of him very subtly and very naturally in dialogue bring up and discuss and like explain shit that is important to the past.
1: But then he decides to do six chapter long flashbacks.
0: Yeah, and then he decides to do entire fucking like arcs worth of flashbacks inside of a storyline that is already kind of boring.
1: It's like he wants to write two separate manga at the same time. Like, he wants to write the original story and then this story, too. And it's just, like, pick one. Yeah. Like, again, love One Piece. It's probably one of my favorite manga.
0: Um, yeah, there's a reason stop. it is. There, There's a reason it is. It is, like,
1: one of the most well-known and well-beloved series of all time. And on to the good, speaking of well-known and well-beloved, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure! <laughs> uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is another one of my favorite manga. I have read and watched the whole thing, uh, I, I, I up to Steel Ball Run. I have not gotten into JoJo jo Leon yet, I am going to start on JoJo jo Leon soon, um, but I have finished up to Steel Ball Run. I still don't understand part uh, six Stone Ocean very well, but the anime is... Uh, did, uh, got to my favorite part of the manga, which is Golden Wind or Vinto Aureo. That's part five. Yeah, that's part five.
0: Yeah, with a Giorgio Giorno. Giorno Giovanni. Giorno Giovanni. Yes, the the stretching JoJo. <laughs> um. So I guess for those who don't know, because like bizarre is the title, we need to explain what
1: JoJo is. All right. So JoJo is. A series that was born out of Iraqi wanting to write part three. He came up with the idea for part three, minus the stands. He added the stands in later. And then he was like, no one's gonna give a crap about this story unless they've been invested from before this. So okay, let, let me-, me come up with two parts before that. And now and now, much like Iraqi, let me explain what Caveman just said.
0: <laughs> so Araki is the name of the guy who made it. Yeah. Sorry, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is an anthology series where each where like it is a single series each take each kind of following the same kind of family, but with each part having a different lead character and it's at a different point in time.
1: Uh, and each char- each main character's name in some way forms the like the title JoJo. Yeah. Uh, the, the, first- the weirdest one was Josuke because Ske can be read as Joe, so he was yeah, it, a JoJo technically. Well, that,
0: that's the, that's the most Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So um, there are eight parts to the series. Um, Caveman, like you said, he's caught up with everything. I am.
1: No, per- I'm. I'm
0: not. I'm mo- not. I haven't read mo- the okay, you, one. You're you're, 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 caught, you're caught up to part seven. Yeah. I am caught up to halfway through part four. The basic yeah, so the basic idea with the kind of series overall is part one, Phantom Blood. Jonathan Joestar battling. Dio Brando, an evil man who uh, tried to steal his Gets family's fortune, <laughs> who tried to steal his family's fortune, and they got vampire powers from a stone mask. Part two: Battle tendencies. Joseph Joestar,
1: which is the worst part.
0: <laughs>
1: I I liked it.
0: Uh yeah, so it, Joseph. Jo- it feels
1: so out of place with all of the other parts. Though.
0: So Joseph Joestar, uh, the grandson of John of Jonathan Joestar. Uh, in like 1940s era New York, uh, ends up falling in with uh, ends up falling in with a group of people who are trying to stop the resurrection of the Pillar Men, uh, four very powerful beings that were that were responsible for the creation of the Stone Mask from Part One.
1: And like, there, there's a whole lot of complications and shit going on there. But yeah, I, I'm going they end, up, they end up killing. A godlike entity at the end of it. Yes. Part three, my least favorite part. Stone Ocean uh, not not Stone Ocean. Um Stardust Crusaders. It, it 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 had some teething issues, but I liked it. Yeah, it
0: is it is kind of the it is the standard, it is the flag bearer for Jojo as a whole.
1: And if you can get the original anime on DVD, you'll be able to sell it for a lot of money.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so in that one, uh jotaro Kujo. A cunt. Uh, with the help of uh, John, with the help of Joseph Joestar, now elderly, and a couple other people, use the power of stands—these um, spectral entities that they can like eject from themselves that all have different powers—to uh, try to track down and defeat Dio, who had, who is not dead, who is in fact alive, and causing stands to uh, pop up in uh- the world.
1: For those, uh, like, at the end of part one, after uh, Joe, after uh, Jonathan beat Dio, um, a, like, tiny Chinese man appeared on a ship with Jonathan, carrying Dio's head, and Dio's head attacked Jonathan with the intent of merging with his body. Yeah. Which is kind of important, because the only reason they know Dio is alive is because he succeeded, and fucked up shit happens.
0: Yes. Uh, Jotaro's mom uh, starts... Dying because her stand, is because she's not power, because he's not strong enough to withstand her stand. Uh, and Jotaro. Stand by me. Yeah, and Jotaro seems to do this because his mom dying would be annoying to him. The main reason I don't like Jo, the main I don't like part three is because of, jo, of Jotaro. Jotaro is Whereas, Jotaro I, is the worst JoJo.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Like Joseph is a bit of a dick, but I like Joseph. Fun.
0: Joseph is fun.
1: Yeah, but Jotaro is just like I don't flinch, I don't blink, I just kill. He is the a- whole time. He is he
0: actively has- antagonistic toward literally every single person, including his friends and family.
1: Like he, like as you get to know him, I feel like he grows on you. Like he grew on me, at least.
0: I, I but- hated the beginning. I hated him beginning to when I stopped.
1: And that's you. Like, not everybody's gonna like every character. Yeah.
0: That's uh, just a fact. Yeah, part four, um, which from what I've seen of it at least is my favorite part.
1: Yeah, Diamond is unbreakable is a great part. Yeah. Uh um, Josuke
0: Higarashi, uh, he Higashikata. He, uh, Higashika, yeah. Josuke Higashikata, uh, he is he's living in a small town when all of a sudden a a bow and arrow is being shot at people, and people who are hit by it and survive develop stand powers.
1: Um and my favorite thing about Josuke Higashikata is he's a support character. Yeah, he's great. Like his like he punches shit, but his punches heal things. Like he is a great main character, but he's also a really great support character. Yeah, wh- wh- <laughs> like, one of my- the there are arcs where he is the secondary character for the whole time, and I really like that.
0: Yeah, and it eventually develops into a like murder mystery trying to, tra- trying, to trying to track down a serial killer. <laughs> uh part five is where things get iffy for me
1: uh part five is starring giorno giovanni and uh it is what i like to call the gang stars arc uh they specifically refer to themselves as gang stars at one point in the manga so i just embraced the term um i don't know if anybody else does but that's me um <laughs> It takes place in Italy in the late 90s. Uh, It takes place after Stardust Crusaders, timeline-wise. But at about the same time as... um, Diamond? As uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, I think it actually takes place like a year after or something like that. I'm not 100% certain. Um, But uh, it, it stars our main character, Giorno Giovanni... Getting into the mafia, meeting up with a bunch of weirdos who end up becoming like a, a surrogate family, um, and then and they have to take down the greater evil that is the mob's don because they want to take over the gang to take over the gang. Like I'm not sure if their plan is to run it better or anything, but does isn't like, isn't
0: Dio in this series is a reincarnated black man? No.
1: What? I remember, I I remember, like, I was reading. No, you're thinking about, you're thinking about Stone Ocean, and he's not, he's not, he's a servant of Dio. Like, Dio had a, had a, had a fuck ton of kids, and they're the problems for the next two arcs.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Jorno
1: is one of Dio's Uh, kids. One of, one of Dio's, which is interesting, because technically it's Jonathan's sperm. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Like, Jonathan had a fuck ton of kids before, like, after he died, apparently. Um, But, uh, this arc is great. It's got a lot of really, really, really interesting, like, just, like, the stands are interesting. The way they're executing the fights are interesting. And I've been learning more and more about the music behind it all. I've been watching some videos by some people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, JoJo is very heavily influenced by, like, like classic rock.
1: After Stardust Crusaders, all of the stands are references to music. If you're watching the anime, they're going to tweak those references because they don't want to get sued. Yeah. But in the manga, they're all direct references. And if I refer to a stand by something and you don't recognize it because you've watched the anime, that's because they changed the name. So go on the wiki
0: in some of them are real fucking hilarious because we can like because we can hear them say things like the stand. The stand names are for the most part in English.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so there's so the, there's a stand that actually reminds me of my favorite part of uh, Stardust Crusaders. That's so peaceful.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I but love yeah. English. Yes, <laughs> there's a
0: stand in uh, in part four called Bad Company. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the guy say Bad Company,"
1: and then it subbed. Worst <laughs> company, to something else. Yeah,
0: so and it, bad. yeah, and there's also actually in part two, <laughs> uh, there is so the so the four pillar men are named um, Santana, ACDC, Cars, and Wham.
1: Yeah, in the first three season, a bunch of characters' names are references to music.
0: Yeah, like Kenny Loggins, Lisa Lisa,
1: uh, Led uh, Zeppelin. Robert Edward O. Speedwagon. I love the <laughs> names in this manga. So good. I lo- I love I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure.
0: But anyway, but anyway um, so, so yeah, so so Wamu, ACDC, and Cars. Those are all the same. Santana got changed to Viento.
1: San Viento. San
0: But they still say Santana.
1: It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so dumb. It is amazing. Um. But so anyway, as I was saying, (laughs) I like I love Golden Wind. It's my favorite part of the manga. It's my favorite part of the anime. And the thing I love most about the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure anime is that there's like no filler. Yeah, it all just it all just covers (laughs) what is in the book. Jojo's started running in like the 80s, something like that. So they've got a lot of material to cover before they have to do filler and like if they're smart they'll just let, na- let an arc finish and then do the anime for it versus alright uh, let's make up an entirely original Jojo character cause we need a whole season
0: Yeah here's Josephine Joestar for part 7.5 it's, it's in the Steel Ball Run timeline but she drives a car
1: yeah
0: uh, um manga co- anime company hire me to write your filler.
1: I highly recommend Jojo uh, to everyone um and I, I recommend starting at part one. If that doesn't take uh, take your uh, fancy, go to part two. If that doesn't take your fancy, go to part four because you need to watch parts one through three together to understand what the fuck is going on. Because Dio Brando is such an important character in those specific arcs that not watching part one and two makes it very confusing. He's still a giant dick that you want to kill, but you understand the motivation less. So I would choose to skip it entirely and just go into part uh, part four because Diamond is Unbreakable is where we kind of hit the, what is the standard of stands and like how characters interact for a while. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm like, if you don't get it, or don't like it, just skip it. And if you do watch... Go back and watch it later. <laughs> and if you do watch part four,
0: and you find one character in it who's just an insufferable cunt that you just absolutely hate, that's Jotaro.
1: Yeah. So he he improves in part four and uh, six. I, I, I fucking hate him. With everything, with every fiber of my being, I hate him. You see too much of yourself in him. Not at all. <laughs> um... The thing I hate about Jotaro is the fact that his hat is his hair. Yeah, that that's a fucking that's a fucking trip, right? Yeah, it's like I'm trying to process that, and I'm just like, it's clearly shown hair texture merging with hat. Yeah, well, like, are you like, a mutant?
0: Like he wear he wears like a, one of those like you know Japanese schoolboy hats, but you know because he's Japanese because he is a, because he's a JoJo character, he looks like a 35 year old brick shit house, <laughs> but he's 17. <laughs>
1: Uh, I would really love Phantom Blood Jonathan to meet up with uh, Giorno Giovanni. <laughs> yeah, the, the just t- like brick shit out. Hi, I'm super. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like yes. Hello,
0: I'm built like prime career Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'm 12 years old.
2: <laughs>
0: and then there's Giorno. I was like, how's it going?
1: <laughs> I'm in my 30s. Am I fabulous enough?
0: I'm in my 30s. Just got my hearted. <laughs> Actually, I'm we-
1: pretty sure Giorno's a teenager.
0: Don't touch the weave, bitch.
1: Um, but yes, uh, Ventoloreo is my favorite part. I don't want to go into it too much because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who has you not know. know. Stone uh, Ocean is the first dead. lady Jojo. Uh, And uh was not handled well. <laughs> I hope they will, like, tweak it in the anime. And then because, part seven
0: is a soft reboot.
1: Uh, I'd honestly say a bit of a hard reboot
0: soft reboot hard reboot well it, it's called part seven not part one true yep it, it's uh, yeah, uh, part, part seven's a parts part seven is a soft reboot where they introduce a brand new power
1: of course that would be for the uh, manga and comics podcast yeah.
0: and then they <laughs> throw everyone back t- and they, then they take a bunch of characters from the original series give them new give them slightly new names and make them all horse jockeys
1: and tweak their powers so now they can spin shit that's the good the bad and the ugly of anime I believe no filler is best filler if you want to write your own original story do that don't put it in my uh, my referential anime that's supposed to help me stay up to date with stuff that I'm enjoying It's Um, like, oh cool
0: you have your own original thing go to Wattpad you piece of shit
1: and now on to one of the best things I'm watching currently oh so a while back I talked about elementary yes I had only watched season one of Elementary. I am now into season four of Elementary. Oh, same here. And I happen to think this is the best Sherlock Holmes that has ever been put to television. He grows, he develops, he improves as a person. He makes connections and friendships and helps other people improve as, as a person. He's overall just becoming more and more of a human character. And... That's Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Sherlock Holmes isn't this I'm better than everyone in every way aloof. I know the whole world kind of character. He is a detective and you can't be a detective without caring for humanity at least a little bit. yeah it's I hate Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes. hate. Because everybody's like, this is the ideal for Sherlock. No, it's not. It's probably the worst personality Sherlock has ever had. Because they decided to turn him into a sociopath who does, who solves murders because he's bored. Sherlock does drugs because he's bored, not solves murders. Yeah, i i liked i liked I, I i
0: liked that Sherlock for a little while, but like kind of as I've talked about it more and more, especially on this site, I think I think you can actually find like a like through the commentary tracks I did for it, as well as just like talking about it on the podcast every now and once in a while. I feel like you will find a very clear arc to my like my like interest in and then eventual hate, and eventual dislike of the Sherlock. But with this, like I, like I took your like I kind of like jumped into this kind of just based on your opinion on it, and I'm glad you did, and really enjoyed it, and I kept watching it, and yeah, this is the first like, this is one of the only like real Sherlock things that I've watched that treat Sherlock as a character. Like with everything else, Sherlock is just a set of quirks that don't ever change, and they're just like, hey, this is what Sherlock is, so let's go. But this treats him as those quirks, like a person. yeah, as those quirks inside of a character.
1: It's so much better.
0: Yeah, like, seeing, like, the developing relationship between him and Joan, and, like, seeing that, and I am glad that they, I, one of the things I was worried about when they started, when I saw, like, the show being promoted, oh, excuse me, was, oh, American TV with a male and female lead. Please don't.
1: Yeah, no, as far as, up to where I've watched, nothing.
0: Uh, I've watched to the end, because I've watched the oh. ending. Well, sorry. I, okay. I, I'm i in the middle of season four and I know how the series ends. Okay. Because I'm that asshole.
1: But needless to say, like, they. I'm a Belson shipper. Yeah. I ship Marcus Bell with Watson. I think they'd make a cute couple.
0: Yeah, like, just here. So here's the thing like, between Sherlock and Watson, there is love, there is admitted love. They are not in love,
1: it's called platonic love. I, yeah. I know you nerds don't think that's a possibility, but yeah, yeah, they are that friend zone you're talking about. That's called platonic love.
0: Yeah, they are two. Yeah, they they have both described themselves as two people in love with each other, and it was never like a romantic thing. And I believe, like partway through season four, like Sherlock even brings up the idea that maybe Joan just isn't looking for romantic love. But Jones kind of the same I, as Sherlock and just she's not really there for it.
1: One of my uh, one of uh, the things that I uh, uh, so there's a uh, really fucking old um, British uh, Sherlock Holmes and my wife and I, every time we watch her just like, yeah, this Sherlock and Watson are gay for each other because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the way they carry themselves and such like. I, you're, I read a lot into the way a, the actor carries themselves when interacting with the other actor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with this one, it's like, uh, do you do you need a hug? I, 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 I'll do it for you, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas with this one, it was like, do you need a hug? Can it be a naked hug? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, those two I could see sleeping together. Uh, Joan Watson and uh, Sherlock from Elementary. Honestly, I'm always shocked when I see them just like <laughs> lingering near each other for too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I, I love I love uh, Elementary. Um, I'm a, I'm a little sad knowing that it didn't really get the attention that it deserved. You got eight seasons. Yes, but everybody was more obsessed with Sherlock than with Elementary. I'm not talking about how long it ran or how many people watched it. I'm talking about it getting the attention that it deserved. Which is, hey, this is better than Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the way they execute Irene Adler, the way they deal with Moriarty, this is a better series overall. Oh,
0: Come at us, Tumblr, you fucking cowards. (laughs)
1: You'd have to listen to the video this long to know that I even mentioned what, it. What video? Sorry. You'd have to listen to the podcast this long to know I even mentioned it. And if you want to really add us, the $15 Patreon tier is waiting.
0: <laughs> okay, you'll catch these hands, you fuckers. <laughs> I will rent a Dodge Charger just to run you over in it.
1: <laughs> I will rent it with your $15. <laughs>
0: If <laughs> $50 is enough to rent, like, is enough to rent like a car from Supernatural and cover the insurance for running someone over, right? <laughs> I've never rented a car before.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, madre dios! Oh. It's been a while since so we told Tumblr to
0: go shit on itself, and I like that. <laughs> I like doing that. Tumblr's a bad place with bad people.
1: Oh Hmm. Oh man. You got me dying over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh fuck. Oh man. Oh. So watch anything else? Uh no, that pretty much does it for what I was watching.
0: <laughs> All right then. Uh, I have not kept track of any news. Cause you know. You know the situation.
1: World sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that's the situation.
0: Yep. Uh, and releases still nothing because we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, there's new shit coming out so soon. Like, for whatever reason, there's, there's a show that's going to be coming out on Netflix soon, either today or, like, tomorrow or something, or, today or, like, this week or something, called Love on the Spectrum.
1: Oh, that sounds interesting.
0: Yeah, specifically about, like, a bunch of different people on the autism spectrum trying to date.
1: Good for them. I feel like my mom's going to be into that one. I feel like my mom would be into that one.
0: Like she's, like, she's way more into looking up, like, spectrum stuff than I am. Because she, you know, cares. I just jumped over into the movie's text chat because I was in comics this entire time, and I forgot that I put the alternate arts for Man of Crypt and Blightseed Colossus in here.
1: <laughs> uh, that's how our show works.
0: Yep. Speaking of our show, that's our show for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back. Probably. More of this fucking waking nightmare. Until then, though, I'm dead. And I'm Caveman. We'll see you guys next time.
1: Goodbye. Have a wonderful time.